are going to uh, continue the series that we started a few weeks ago called Encounters, Transforming Conversations with Jesus. And we've looked at a few individuals in the Gospels so far that their lives were absolutely transformed after having uh, a conversation with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus. And today is yet another one of those examples. And we're in Luke chapter 18, and we're going to start in verse 35. I, I should probably get my notes, otherwise I'll just ramble. And um, although some of you think that's what I do anyway, right? Luke 18, starting in verse 35. The title of my message today is, What Do You Want Jesus to Do for You? Maybe the longest title I've ever had in my life in a sermon. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Now, last week we had a story about a blind man whom Jesus healed. Uh, this week we have a story of another blind man whom Jesus healed. Last week, uh, Jesus spit in the man's eyes. And uh, for those of you who weren't here, we actually called people up and we spit on everybody. No, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Okay. Some of you are like, no, he's not going to. Uh, now, now, this time, uh, Jesus does something different. Uh, he brings a healing to this blind man, but he does it in a totally different way. And I just want to pause real quick before I go much further. If you think that there's only one or two ways for Jesus to meet your need, you need to understand that Jesus will not only do what he wants to do, but he will choose to do it any way he wants. There are times that Jesus touched somebody and they were healed. There were times where he made mud and put it in someone's eyes. I don't know. There was times that he spit. Then there were times that he just spoke it, and it happened. Uh, and and let's, let's understand today. When, when I ask this question, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Understand that when the Lord meets your need, it may look way different than how he meets somebody else's need. And somebody might get that big fat check in the mail right? Remember mail? Yeah. <laughs> and yet, somebody else might have a debt canceled that they thought they were going to have to pay for the rest of their lives. And what is that? That's Jesus meeting different people's needs different ways. And so, understand right from the onset, when I when I say this, what do you want Jesus to do for you? How he answers your prayer may be way different than how he answers my prayer, but both answers are just as valid. Can you say amen? amen? All right, so with that being said, if you're able to, why don't you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word, and we're going to start in verse 35, and uh, we'll go through a few verses here. Here we go. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy 
on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? There's the title. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Jesus, we just come to you now, and, and some of us, we already know the answer to that question. And so, God, we're going to ask it of you today. And I pray, Lord God, that the words that we unpack from your scriptures would encourage us even more in this whole process. And God, that you would meet with us and us with you. May we encounter you, <laughs> and may you change us and touch us. And we'll thank you. And it's in your name that we pray this. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. What do you want Jesus to do for you? I've been at this church for 22 years. I've seen God do some pretty amazing things. Uh, I, I look around and I see some of you. Your, your life is so different than what it was before you came to Christ. Your life was so different before uh, you had that encounter with Jesus. Some of you, I was at your hospital bed. Some of you, uh, we've tried to walk with you through some difficult times. And the common denominator is this. Jesus has always been so faithful. Jesus has always been so faithful. And sometimes your pastor doesn't get it right. Sometimes the, the people that we depend on may not be there when we want them to be, but Jesus will always be there and, and be faithful to us. Can you say amen? But the question I have for all of us, is there something specific that you would like Jesus to do for you today? And that could vary in here. For some, as we prayed earlier, it could be a, uh, it could be a healing touch in your body. Maybe you're dealing with pain. I'm not referring to your spouse. You're dealing with pain. Stop. Don't point. What's wrong with you? Maybe you're, maybe you're dealing with some uh, difficult work situations. Uh, maybe there's a financial miracle or breakthrough that you need. Uh, it, it really can go, the list can go on and on and on, even in this room and for those that are watching us online. What I'd like to do is just unpack three parts of the story here to encourage you to ask Jesus specifically what he could do for you today. So let's, let's look at just three areas of this scripture. First of all, I want to take a look at the prayer. I want to take a look at the prayer that the blind man offered, the prayer. That's the first point, if it ever comes on the screen. The prayer. Now, there it is. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I'm going to say this again. A lot of times, uh, American Christianity can really make this so difficult 
because we, we have kind of limited God and his ability to move based on how sweet our prayer is or what words we use, right? Or, or my goodness, I've heard people say, don't ever, don't ever say that you're sick. Because that's a lack of faith. Okay. Without being too gross, but if your head's in the toilet, ladies and gentlemen, you're sick. Okay? It doesn't take much. It's not a lack of faith. It, it, it's, <laughs> in fact, it's a lack of a lot of other stuff coming out of there now. All right? So you need God to touch you. I, I, I don't think... I don't think that we need to limit our prayer lives thinking that if we just utter the correct magic words, <laughs> that somehow Jesus says, well, now that's a prayer. There you go. It's not how it works. In fact, we read this man's prayer, and, and, and at first, when he got Jesus' attention, all he said was, Son of David, have mercy on me. I am reminded from uh, James chapter 4, verse 2. It's not on the screen, but James reminds us that you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. I think the King James says, you have not because you ask not. Well, he knows my needs. He'll just give me stuff whenever I need it. Well, here's the deal, okay? Here's where prayer comes in. God has chosen this tool called prayer to see the supernatural collide with the natural, to see your answer come to pass. He has chosen this tool called prayer. And if you use it, it could be an effective tool to see miracles take place. But if you refuse to use it, then how can you expect to receive anything from God? For example, let's say I have two boards that need to be nailed together. Now, I can have the hammer sitting on the table. But if I never pick up that hammer and drive the nail through the wood, then I'm not going to see that accomplished at all. I could speak to the hammer... I could say, start hammering. It's not going to do it. I could say, well, eventually that hammer will get around to nailing the, the, the nail to the... No! The hammer is a tool, I'm told. The hammer is a tool that you use. I'm not very good with tools if you don't know me at all. But that hammer is a tool to get the, the work accomplished. Prayer is that tool that God has given each and every one of us to see prayers answered, to see miracles happen, to see hope restored, to see all these supernatural things that we want to do. That's the purpose of prayer. So we have not sometimes simply because we don't ask him. And so let's just get that out of the way. You've got to pray. Don't get mad at God because you're in need. Don't get bitter at Jesus because you're in a bad spot. 
Don't get angry with the Lord because life has happened to you and it's not good. And life happens to us all. And life can get messy and life can get difficult, but we still have God and we can still pray. But I want you to see what happened when this man prayed. First of all, there was criticism. (laughs) Again, look at verse 39. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Led the way how? Okay, now let's remember, Jesus is making his way into Jericho. So those that are with, <laughs> those that are with Jesus who are leading the way, you know, the spiritual ones, they see this man crying out to Jesus and they say, shh, hush, be quiet. Wow, how discouraging could that be? And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes when we are praying, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be some some negative situations or there might be some negativity that might come. It might come from people that we know. In fact, it might come from people. You, you, might, be pray, huh, you might be praying for something and, and, and just, just the, you know, that prophetess that knows everything about you. And, and well, honey, you know, you just don't have enough faith. Boy, that's what you need to hear when you're hurting. And in and, 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 and the name of Jesus, if that's you, please be quiet. <laughs> we don't need that. And here he is. He's crying out to Jesus for mercy. And people are criticizing him. People are trying to push back against him. People are being negative towards him. And I just want to come out and say that when you're praying for God to do something special in your life, don't be surprised if negativity makes its way into your life, whether it be through an individual or through a life situation. It very well could happen. It very well could happen, which leads me to number two. Not only was there uh, criticism, but he also continued. He was criticized, but then he continued. Look again at verse 39. It says, this is after they told him to be quiet. It says, but he shouted all the more. All the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. I've met too many Christians who would have stopped the story at the beginning of verse 39. Be quiet, not so loud. You are, no, you're not doing it right. And they would have stopped and never received God's best for their lives. Have you been there? I wonder, what does it take for us to give up on our prayers? I admire this man because even when he was told by people to be quiet, he turned it up and he kept on going. Life will tell you to stop praying. The enemy of your soul will tell you to stop praying. The enemy of your soul will tell you that there is no hope. Why are you even praying? You haven't lived right. You haven't done this right. You were unfaithful back in 1982. So how in the world can you imagine that God would answer your prayer? You have not been the Christian that you should be. Why do you think that Jesus is even hearing you? 
all these lies. And when you are at your most desperate sometimes, the enemy will turn on his biggest lies to try to discourage you. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Last week on Five Minutes with Phil, the constant theme was this, never give up, never give up, never give up, never give up. Church, don't let the attitude of somebody else, don't let the situations in life keep you from praying. You turn it up even more. And then there was some clarity. There was some criticism. The man continued, and then there was some clarity in his prayer. And Jesus asked for it. Take a look at verse 41. He goes, or, or the man's actually brought to him, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And now his prayer changes. He goes from, son of David, have mercy on me, to now, just simply, he gets specific with Jesus. He says, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. I think sometimes we make prayer so difficult because we refuse to be specific with the Lord. And I think we need to stop hesitating to be specific in our prayers. Sure, you could do the whole, oh God, you know, just meet all my needs, amen. But I think there's something powerful. When you say, Lord, I am praying for my child to find Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would just work in his life. See, see how that is way more specific than just some general umbrella prayer. I'm not trying to diminish anyone's general prayer. But I think there's power when people get specific with the Lord. The Lord began to move when there was clarity in his prayer, in the man's prayer. He got specific. I'm going to ask you later this morning to be specific with the Lord in prayer. Maybe you need to be just brutally honest with him. Lord, I am so upset. Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I don't understand what's going on here. And trust me, <laughs> Jesus isn't going to go, oh, how dare you? He can handle your prayer. Read the Psalms. Whew. There are prayers in the Psalms that I have never had the courage to pray. Why would you forsake me, God? I don't know if I would go that far, but, but you see that brutal honesty from David and others in the book of Psalms. What am I saying? God welcomes your honesty. God welcomes your specifics. God welcomes the details. Give him everything. And do you know who that helps? You. You think Jesus was on a fishing expedition on, with the, this question? Please understand, anytime Jesus asked a question, he always knew the answer. So he asked this question for a reason. He wanted the man to get specific. Get specific with the Lord. 
Give him everything. Give him every detail. Don't rush. Don't make, don't make Jesus a, a two-minute drive-through at McDonald's. Not that I go to McDonald's. I go to McDonald's, okay? No, don't rush this. I, I, I think we need to get specific with him. And that's the prayer. In the midst of this prayer, he cries out to Jesus, says, have, have mercy on me. He gets criticized for it, but he keeps on going. And then when he's brought to Jesus, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And then, then he gives the clarity. Then he gives the specifics of his prayer. And that's what I'm asking God to do for you today. But then secondly, we see some progress was made here. There's a phrase in verses 40 and 41 that I, I had to camp out on when I was breaking this apart. Because here's what I've seen. I've seen people who are in desperate situations with God. They have used that occasion to distance themselves from Jesus. Why? Because we're mad. See, we love to follow Jesus when everything is great and hunky-dory and rainbows and lollipops and pudding. But then when life happens, there are some that they'll be like, oh, ho, ho. I didn't sign up for this, Jesus. My expectations of, hmm, my expectations of you are, are a little higher than this. What's going on? And what happens, sometimes we distance ourselves from God. And that is a danger. Look what happened here, verse 40. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him when he came near. That four-word phrase, when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. Keith, go back to verse 40. When he came near. Do you know what these desperate situations really are? These are occasions for you to come near to Jesus. These are occasions for you to actually come closer, not further, but they're opportunities to get closer to Jesus. That's why the Lord will allow this stuff to happen in your life, because not only does he know that he can answer the prayer, but he also wants to use this as an occasion to make you stronger and to bring you closer to him. And we don't like that. We don't, like God using, <laughs> we don't like God using trials and troubles to bring us closer. Couldn't he just like send me an email? That's not how it works. When the man... See, because Jesus heard him in the distance. Okay? But when the man came closer to Jesus, then things got rolling. The Lord might hear you from whatever distance you are from Him in the midst of your prayer. He hears your prayer. But, you really want to get things rolling? Draw closer to Him. What do, what do I mean by that? Make Him a vital part of your everyday life. Not, not just your Sunday life. Every day. I'm in the Word of God every day. I'm praying to God Every day, I 
I try to live every moment to please, not myself, but to please and honor the Lord. That, that's, you know what that is? That's coming closer to the Lord. And could it be that you are very much aware that God can meet your needs, but you haven't taken a step closer to God since this whole thing began? And the Lord, I think, would remind all of us that this is a moment where he not only wants to meet your needs and do a miracle for you, but he also wants you to come closer to him. Folks, understand that Jesus wants a close relationship with us more than we want it. So there was a prayer, and then there was some interesting progress that took place, and then finally the product of this man's prayers, the result, was pretty astounding. Starting in verse 41 and 42, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied, and Jesus replied, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. You know what? This isn't even part of my sermon. This just dropped on me. So here you go. You ready? You know what I appreciate about this verse? Jesus had something to say to the man. He not only met his need, but he had something to say to him. Understand, when Jesus meets your need, he also has something to say to you. And I think he told the man, look, your faith, not your yelling... It wasn't about how loud you were. It wasn't that you were in the right place at the right time. The fact that you were healed is because of your faith in me. He clarified that to the man. He spoke that to the man. Whenever God answers your prayer, trust me, there's something that Jesus is trying to reveal to you in the midst of that answer. That was totally free. Let me show you what happened as a result of all this praying. And I want to read verse 43 in my notes here. Verse 43 says, Immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. What happened? Number one, there was a work that took place. An amazing work. It says that immediately he received his sight. Just this month in this church, we've had people healed. I should say that again. Just this month, we've had people healed in this room because of prayer. Just this month, God has provided for people when they did not know what the answer was going to be. I've seen it. I've seen it. God is still at work in the lives of his people. And if you think that that, you know, there, there's some teaching out there that says that miracles don't happen anymore. That was just for the apostolic age 2,000 years ago. There are a lot of miracles in here that would beg to differ. Amen. So Jesus is still at work in lives and in hearts. He restores families. He restores bodies. He does great things. He provides. He does it all. And there was a work that was done in this man's life and the same God. The same God who did a work for this blind man is the same God that can do a work for you as well. There was a work. Secondly, there was a walk. After all this happened, the scripture says he followed Jesus. 
Oh, let's go there. One of the most painful things I've ever seen as a pastor is to see people receive an answer or a, a, a miracle from God and then just months later, they're not even serving Jesus anymore. How tragic. This man, once he received his sight, his whole life changed. Not because he could see, but all of a sudden this man has gone from a life of begging for money because of his situation to now he is following Jesus. The Lord will do everything he can to try to get your attention. And if he has touched you, I beg of you, follow him. Follow him with everything. Follow him with your whole heart. Do what he does. Be, uh, the scripture says in Ephesians, be imitators of God as dear children. You ever watch kids imitate their mom or dad? It's really funny. And sometimes it's not genetics. Sometimes sons will imitate their father. My wife tells my son and me this all the time. Sometimes we act like each other, and I'm sorry <laughs> to you both. We act like each other. It's not genetics. It, 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 uh, those of you who don't know, we adopted Jonathan when he was a baby. What? It,
take your situation and, and, and bring life to it and bring an answer to it and give you a miracle. And, and, and it's not just for you. In fact, I will tell you, it's never just for you. It's also for the people around you. That they can see what God's done in you and put their faith in him. The psalmist said it. Many will see your goodness and put their faith in God. It's my prayer that when God answers my prayer, it's not just to make me feel good. It's not just to uh, just make me feel better. And he loves doing that. But it's also to bring a testimony to the people around me. That I was in this shape, but I'm not anymore. I, I was a hot mess, but I'm not anymore because of what Jesus did to me. I, 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 I was this way, but now things are different. There was a witness. There was a testimony. You see, there's so much more involved in your situation than just you feeling better. Jesus would say, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus has an entire plan. Not only for you, Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Well, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you to help me out up here. What do you want Jesus to do for you? And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go as far as to say, don't be afraid to pray some big prayers. Because he is a big God. Don't, don't be afraid to pray a prayer that you think is kind of crazy. That's not crazy to God. He can do it. He can change your boss's life. He can change their heart. He can heal that person's body. He is the one that can get the attention of your wayward loved one that they find Christ as Savior again. He can do that. He can do that. He can make a way where there seems to be no other way. And how does he move? He moves through the prayers of his people. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Would you stand, please? I've asked Jonathan to sing, to play and sing the song they did for special just a little bit ago.
Lord and Savior, God, that you do whatever it takes for them to find you. God, we pray that you would free people from addiction and bondage, Lord God. Lord, we say earlier, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord God, we ask you that you would heal every sinner and ill and broken body. Continue your prayer to the Lord. I want to challenge you to do that when I say amen. Find a place to pray. Maybe it's at this altar area. Maybe it's right where you're seated. But go to a place where you can be at a place where you can communicate with God. Just you and him. And cry out to him. And when you're done, you can consider yourself dismissed. But let's, let's cry out to him if we need to. If God releases you, Let's fellowship with one another in the lobby so we don't disturb those who are praying. So God, I believe the same question you asked the blind man is the same question that you ask us. And so many of us, we have something specific we want you to do. And so we bring that to you. We bring that to you. And Lord, I pray that you would use this situation that other people can see what you do and put their faith in you. God will give you the glory. We'll follow you all the more because of what you do. So God, we use this as an opportunity not to distance ourselves from you, but Lord, to draw closer to you. So hear our prayers, hear our prayers, hear our prayers. And we pray for miracles. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to pray, feel free to do so right now. If God's releasing you, you can say yourself the same.